Hey everyone, welcome to another Cup of News episode, episode 51. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys like the content or find any value in it, please share, like, comment, subscribe, everything above the board. We really appreciate all you guys that tune into the live streams, the comment sections, and they review the podcast. We appreciate that from the bottom of the heart and it always motivates us as always to keep producing on this high quality content. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing wonderful. We got a really cool episode for you guys. It's going to be about how Google is developing and creating this AI program and software that is able to identify certain skin malignancies and certain skin issues, as well as something very interesting that we're going to speak about, about carcinogens in our sunscreen and in our face scrubs and just cancer-causing agents that we apply daily. Yeah, I'm, I love, I'm loving these episodes. Mm. And like speaking of AI, like I actually experienced this issue when I was younger I had like a mole when I was growing up, like in fifth grade. It was right here. And I never knew what it was. So I went to go get a physical and I had to get it removed and had to go get a biopsy sent out because they thought it could have been cancerous because skin cancer is so prevalent. And I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, it turns out it's benign, but I always have this scar. I always mess around. It looks like a, you know, BB bullet. It does. Yeah. Mm. So it's, so it's, this is really cool because we're advancing in society and we'll see how powerful this app is actually able to identify things. And it works as simply as taking three photos, uploading it into this app, which is going to be released later this year. And it's going to use its AI software to come up with a diagnosis. Mm. Hopefully it doesn't turn into something like med. Or is it the MedMD.com or whatever, or people that were going to get diagnosed, they were putting their symptoms into Google. Yeah. And it'll give them their diagnosis, and people were getting freaked out and scared, thinking that because they have a runny nose, a fever, and like a rash, they have a certain type of cancer or a certain type of disease, and people are freaking out. Help doesn't turn society to that. I agree with you, man. Freaking out over every minute little detail, little little skin change and, and color. Just everyone's going to be, hopefully, not everyone's going to be as hyper detailed as that. Because that's going to to not promote you to function with like the strongest parts of your body, right? If you're like hyper focused on these little details about your skin. Imagine how many thoughts of like disease or infection or illness are gonna go through your head. You'd right. be scared to do do anything, you'd be scared of any kind of change. You might be more exposed to that fear because mm-hmm. of this application. Right. And it makes sense because sometimes having this whoop and I feel like I wear it a lot and if I have a bad recovery. I get beat up about it. Mm-hmm. Or I start my day, I'm just like, oh, man, I didn't hit my green today. Right. So it's kind of like that where, yes, you don't want to rely on this application, but some, so, sometimes it sets the tone for your day. Because if you wake up green, you know you're feeling great. Yeah. It's like a little psychological trip in, mm-hmm. the, in your day. Yeah, and it's, cra- this. Yeah, it's crazy how it, how it does that to you. Just some numbers on a little app or, or just some metrics on your, on your wrist. And it inputs these, these data points and it gives you these results, these numbers. And if these numbers are positive, you automatically feel positive. Yeah. Because we can't guarantee that these numbers are correct. It's right? just based They're on a calculation. It's based on calculation. And what they do is they try to find they try to find correlations between your activities and your heart rate and your respiratory rate and how you how you sleep, depending on on all those factors, and they bring it all together like an equation. And then if it's summed up to a certain number, guess what? Your recovery is this. Yeah. Or if you're not if you had a high strain. You've worked out a lot, but you had maybe four hours of sleep. You partied the night before. Your Wu-Pan is going to recognize that. And, and, and they're going to find correlations that's going to be able to give you like why your strain is, is this and why your recovery is that. Yeah. What's cool about this Google app as well is it also f- can check your hair, skin, and nails. So it does all three things. It actually uses 
data from 65,000 images and different case studies and different skin conditions that have been diagnosed. So this AI draws its knowledge from 288 different conditions that has a comprehensive list and it's, you know, uses that to evaluate the condition. I think it's pretty amazing. I wonder if it's as accurate as having a dermatologist. It does compromise everything together so it can outsmart humans. Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting is that a lot of people Google search health and skin and these conditions. That's why Google Health came up with this. Mm. So it's wild how they could use data to come up with the next product as well because they know the searches and the questions that us as a society is asking. Yeah. And you brought up, is it going to be ever smarter than a dermatologist? Potentially, yeah. But right now, only thing this is banking on is, is just a visual of your skin issue. It's not going to be as beneficial as a dermatologist because they could run tests on you. They actually see it, touch it, examine it more closely compared to pictures. But this is this is a good step in a path of prevention. Yeah, That's the thing that we're missing the most. And I feel like some of these big tech companies are, are doing good to the world by trying to instill prevention measures to society. But I just hope I just hope that these are actually accurate and it doesn't just bring on more fear to everybody. I agree with you. Plus, if you think about this, if the data, because you know how science is always changing, we're just like, oh, this is changing. So if we have faulty data based on this 65,000 data points and 288 conditions that we figured out in these 15 years, this AI is going to be faulty. Just like when Microsoft released an AI for Twitter, that this you know this AI was collecting all this data from Twitter tweets and it became racist based mm-hmm. on human behavior. So this AI could be just as faulty. Yeah. It all just depends on how accurate our data was back then. How accurate was this, this science? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and the autonomy of it. Yes, is it going to have the ability to collect all information? I was looking at. I was listening to one podcast. I think it was the one with Sam Harris, but Lex Freeman. But I'm not 100 percent sure if that's the one it was. But they brought an interesting concept up of AI can get to the point where they're going to be understand our feelings and be able to make us feel certain certain way by the way they act and why or by the way their their face moves. And they're going to be able to input emotions into you basically by by how they react. Wow. But they're not going to have the like the remorse part of it. So they're going to be able to learn how to manipulate us. In a certain fashion, a based trip. on emotion, yeah. Because they're going to know the emotion, but they're not going to know it as, as like conscious emotion like we understand it. They're almost going to be the best salesman you ever faced it, yeah. because they un- they know how you're feeling at that point based yeah. on all the data points of facial recognition. Right. And they're able to make you, give you an emotion based on what they're doing and how their face, how their face is responding. Is that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it's a scary part. And mm-hmm. definitely the next couple of news, we're going to talk about this too because we're going to talk about the world economic reform. And I want to like talk about the ethics of this because this is where we're all going. We're going towards artificial intelligence. And I'm always interested in what is a super intelligence going to do. Yeah. Off topic, right? So back to some skin cancer facts and statistics. So skin cancer is actually one of the most prevalent type of cancers in the nation and also worldwide. It's diagnosed in one in five people by the age of 70. Someone will develop skin cancer. So it's very, very prevalent. It's very prevalent. It, you said it's the most common cancer? Yes. Yeah, I remember hearing that in nursing school. And I think even in, in, in college before I entered nursing school. So it's been prevalent for a very long time. And it's interesting to, to see how we still haven't 
figured it out. If it's like the most common, one of the most common cancers, I feel like there would be a lot of people studying it, right? And we'd be able to figure this cancer out compared to the other ones. Yeah, and later in the episode, we're gonna jump, you know, jump into like sunscreen exposure mm-hmm. to these chemicals. It's like a double-edged sword that we're we're facing in our society. Yeah. And- so yeah. So we were looking at these things, and a crazy conclusion that we came up with is the reason people get skin skin cancer. It's majority of it's blamed on on the sun, and another majority of it's blamed on tanning beds and tanning booths, those kind of things, which those are bad for you long term wise. Yes. But the other side of it was that the sun gives you skin cancer. So people came up with this this crazy idea or this idea of putting some kind of a lotion or liquid on your, your skin to prevent the certain rays UV blocker from the sun. So that was good on that end. But what people then realized that these chemicals they were putting into these sunscreens, the UV blockers, these things that prevent certain rays of the sun, is the chemicals were actually causing other cancers in your body. Cancers that were worse than skin cancer and harder to, to treat and harder to prevent. Yeah. And like, I'm wondering about this concept because maybe it's just a lack of exposure to the sun. Just like if you work out frequently, mm-hmm. that workout, you won't be as sore. So if you stay in, at home for three weeks and then go out to the sun five hours in that day because you finally went to the beach, mm-hmm. you're going to get freaking sunburned. Yeah. But if you have micro exposure daily for an hour, that sun is actually going to become beneficial to you based on all the benefits yeah. that we get from the source. But instead, we can get cancer from crazy sun exposure from not microly exposing yourself to it. And also now we're putting on a chemical that's potentially causing cancer as well. Yeah. It's like a revolving door. Yeah. It's like a revolving door. You're staying inside, not getting sun, and then you're going outside, getting burnt. That's going to cause you cancer. And also going outside and putting on a bunch of sunscreen is also going to give you cancer. It's that gradual exposure that you brought up in the beginning. And that that works with everything in life. Gradual exposure. Same with, with diet, with eating healthy. Gradual exposure. Right? Gradual exposure to different vegetables, different regimen, different eating habits, different eating lifestyles. And same with like the gym, working out. Gradually expose yourself to more frequent lifting, heavier lifting. And that gradual exposure over time leads to really good results yeah and one thing we also looked into was indoor tanning beds so it's it's funny because i actually went to one when i was younger like 16 i thought i was like oh i need to you know get a tan before i go out to the beach or whatever and Mm -hmm. it's just like i had to like you know lie that i was like 18 and all that to go and it turns out that it's actually carcinogenic that uv radiation specifically Mm -hmm. and indoor tanning devices can actually admit 10 to 15 times more intense uv radiation compared to the sun Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, it was a bag. I remember, sorry, back on, um, it was like MTV or something. People were addicted to tanning when we were in high school. Like my true life shows. Yeah, so people were addicted to tanning. And girls wanted to get so tan. How tan can you get? Like these girls went from white to like almost black, like, like, like you know, black pigment. And they're trying to get access to that color, but still stay tan. And it was the weirdest thing. I don't know how that came from. I think maybe Paris Hilton started it. Right. Because she was always tan. And she had her own TV show, too, back in the day. Yeah, good times, man. Yeah. It's just self-rejection of the right. self, essentially, what it comes down to. Yeah, so imagine how damaged those people's their skin are right now. Imagine if, if you're in high school and you got hooked on tanning and you've been super tan your whole life. And now you're 27, 26, 25, and your skin it probably looks like shit, unfortunately. And, and you age, unfortunately, mm-hmm. quicker. So I don't And a high risk for cancer. It's wild. Yeah, not to mention. And, like, the direct cost for medical care for skin and cancer when it comes to 
attribution to indoor tanning is $343 million annually. So get out in the sun regularly instead of doing indoor tanning before your wedding or crazy, crazy events. I don't know. Yeah. But just, that's just a judgment. Go tan if you wish. Yeah. Indoor or, or outdoor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tan sometimes. We sometimes we lay out for a little bit, like 12 minutes each side. We're, we're talking indoor. It's bad. All, all indoor. Because, okay. and one thing I didn't mention here is that there's no vitamin D production when you have exposure to indoor tanning. So there's actually no benefit whatsoever other than changing the pigmentation of your skin. Yeah. And you're changing it by force. Yeah. Like your pigment can change gradually over time. But if you're trying to do a quick session so you could like jump two different color variants, it's probably not the best idea. Yeah. Not, not only that, but also when you go indoor tanning, you purchase all these different chemicals and you have like these extra, extra dark tan skin mm -hmm. enhancers. So like what's in those chemicals? Right. What is that causing? We don't know. I look good. But on the inside, what's happening? Is that leaking into your body? Is it causing some kind of chemical exposure that's creating by bad byproducts that's causing inflammation? I don't know, but I don't want to put it on because I don't know the truth of what's going to happen. One thing we did not look into, which we maybe could do for another episode, is is um, spray tanning. How that affects your skin? Because I don't even know what the hell that's it's an ad spray. I don't even know how it works. That either. Like, I, I've never, I mean, I know some girls that spray tan, but I never asked about the process. Right. Do you know how it works? Spray tanning? I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm guessing you get some sprayed on you and then you go home and shower. I'm going to talk out of my ass. Yeah. But, so what I, what I think that happens, probably a bunch <laughs> of girls are listening like, oh, we know. Okay. Yeah. So what I think is like you got to take a shower. They put on some kind of probably prep chemical, make this stick or something, I believe. <laughs> right? Makes sense. And then you spray this shit on and put some, put some color on you. And then like spray a car. And then maybe you can't take a shower for X amount of hours, so it kind of bleeds in nicely, you know, absorbs, I don't know, and then you're good to go. Imagine, imagine if it's like, if it's like a chamber and you open the door to like a car wash, but it just, <laughs> you walk through it and soft, first get sprayed on, you know, and oh, then you man. get lathered front, back, side to side, you walk out. And you get rinsed off, so all that oozes off, and then you get dried, and you go home. That'd be funny. And you shower again, and some more comes off, and then you're good. Yeah. I, I always, when I went, I always did the, um, the stand-up. There's also the... the spray tanning? No, no, no. The, <laughs> the indoor one. I never done, like, the laying down. That's, like, a whole other thing, too. I don't know. I've never been in one in my life. Oh, for sure, man. Nothing yeah, special, know. dude. Yeah. According to this podcast, it's not healthy either, yeah. so stay away from it. Like, I guess you could go there once in a while if you really want to. Maybe if you're, you know... Just once in a while, I guess. I don't, know if, I don't even know. I can't even come up with a reason why you would do it, but if you're feeling up to it Monday, I guess, maybe just go sure, through it man. and try it. Long weekends coming yeah. up. <laughs> so next one is exposure to chemicals and sunscreens. And we've talked about this multiple times. We finally found some studies that actually linked oxybenzone, which is an active UV blocker, to cause tumor genesis in mam mammary glands. Mammillary? Mm. Mammillary, yeah. These Polish damn pronunciations. Yeah. It's funny because in the hospital they say you have a thick, uh, thicker accent than me, or I don't have one at all. You just have one. Yeah, but it goes, but in Santa, but in Santa Monica, people say you have an accent. I don't, right? Yeah, I don't. Who yeah. knows? So I don't know. It's just whatever. Everyone's different because everyone knows different dialect, and they even though we speak the same language, we have our little minute variants. Yeah. Like some people pick up on those, and they they some people some people pick up on them, some and others don't. So some of the people that pick up on them, maybe they never heard it said that way. Like they said, like there were one word that caught on was tubes. Tube, tube. Supposedly yeah, tube, you said it funny. Tube. You know? And sometimes you're in the moment, you're rushing so mm. quick and you're just like spitting words out, yeah. man. Like I remember two days ago, I was talking to the intensivist mm. and I'm like, yeah, you know, the patient's still on cardizam. 
He's like, Cardizem. I mean, I'm like, oh, Cardine. You know, just like slips up because mm. all these meds like sound similar sometimes, especially when you're in like a rush. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this animal study, we actually explored the the combination of how diet exposure and also the exposure of BP-3, which is oxybenzone, mm-hmm. to the mammary gland tumor genesis. So journal published on Oncotarget, trying to, they're trying to create as much of a reproducible event to humans possible. And these UV blockers, they're added to our sunscreens to block UV you know, radiation. As we told you guys that UV causes skin cancer and is very prevalent. Mm-hmm. And this is a double-edged sword where we're applying these chemicals that are known in cosmetics. And they're also in, they cause protection, for example, different fabrics. So they're used in plastics, they're used in furniture, even toys, because, you know, like the uh, the skin takes like, I'm sorry, the sun kind of like takes the paint away and like degrades material. Mm. This is actually used on different toys to prevent like the longevity of mm. products. Yeah, that's what they were saying in the study to be careful with with the containers that you have food in, because if you leave those containers out in the sun and the sun hits them, it heats them up, or the reaction that happens is is there they release byproducts. Those byproducts get absorbed through your food because there's always a reaction going on with the with everything around us, raw matter, right? So there's always reaction going on, and some of those byproducts are going through your food and actually consuming those foods. And the study that Matt was looking at, I believe they looked at breast cancer specifically. Yeah, yes. and they found a, a increase in the probability of breast cancer if you use sunscreen a lot so these cancer cells were perforating a lot quicker Mm -hmm. and also in the combination of a higher fat diet that was really interesting that that they noted is is that if you had a higher fat diet and you also had a lot of sunscreen application it correlated with even a higher chance of cancers yeah so these scientists are not sure of how the correlation is one thing I could speculate is if oxybenzone is an endocrine disruptor, somehow having maybe a higher fat diet during that time frame causes more endocrine dis- disruption. I have, you know, I'm just speculating here. And like yeah. another study we peaked at is like BP3 is detected in 96% of the population. Mm-hmm. And this is from the time frame of 2003 to 2012. Yeah. And that same study showed that there has been an increase in the amount of BP3 in our urine. And they're linking it to possibly the overuse or excess use of, of sunscreen and excess use of these products in plastics, in different non-reusable goods that are causing this higher levels of BP3 in our urine, which ultimately is giving us higher risk for other cancers. Yeah, and there's so much stuff that is happening in the hospital where you're talking about a patient that has hypertension. Where did that come from? Or I can't manage my rheumatoid arthritis. I have to be on three meds and... There's so many questions that we can't answer in medicine of where these diseases are coming from. What is exactly happening in American society? That are, we're just so fat, sick, and nearly dead. Yeah. And more and more, we're like, you know, we're, we're doing all this research about these different exposures to chemicals, the gut microbe. There's just so, we're just scratching the surface. Yeah. There's so, who knows how we're going to change as a society like in 15, 20 years based on what we're talking about now. And what we're going to discover. Yeah. One, one point that we also want to highlight is the difference in regulations in the United States and regulations in Europe. Because here we have certain rules with what chemicals we could use and at what amounts. Like the FDA does these things. And in Europe, they have their own regulated agency that does the same thing. 
And a lot of things that we consume here or use as additives to certain things like plastics, certain even foods. And Europe has those same same available products, but they don't allow them in certain certain doses. Concentrations. So, yeah. Certain concentrations. So, for example, like BP3 can be allowed at X amount of percent in the United States, but you, Europe has it lower than that. Mm-hmm. And they're like linking issues and diseases and complications with this low percentage of this chemical. And U.S. is basically saying, you know, we're going to double up on that. And, and, and that's what's wild is the FDA is mm. unregulated. They don't conduct their own studies and we don't know. But the European Commission like published preliminary opinions on what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. So, for example, oxybenzone, they proposed a safe dose of 2.2% of the amount of oxybenzone that could be in a bottle of sunscreen, let's just say. But the FDA in the United States, their products could have up to 6%. Yeah, the three times the amount. And it's, yeah, it's two, it's two different countries. So yeah. why don't we collaborate on health as a world? Yeah. If someone's saying, hey, this is toxic at 2.2%, 2, 2. and someone's saying, hey, this is toxic at 6%, I'm probably going to go with low, with low percentage just to be safe, right? If both are proving that there is toxicity with this, why take the risk with a 6% right off the bat? Yeah. And then... That's just for certain products, right? But then what if you're getting 1% of one product and you have five products and each contain 1%, you're getting 5%, right? And then you have one giant product that has 6%, you're already at, at what? At 11? Yeah, and so you you're, know, so you're already over it because that's, that's 2.2% could only be in one product, right? So now you're mentioning how we're having a cross-contamination mm-hmm. of BP3 in the urine, so you're which is building up. Yeah, yeah. very good point. So now we have a compound of this chemical and it could be causing a lot. It could be causing neuro dysfunction what if we could link bp3 to like alzheimer's dementia we don't know because there's no money involved in these studies because we could only speculate yeah because if the limited limit is six percent but your bleach has five percent and then your your bath soap has five percent and then your body wash has five percent your sunscreen has five percent you know we have like 20 25 percent it's already above six percent yeah you know it's a trip this is why like the simulation theory is such a like interesting thing Mm because we're we were born into this world where this is all acceptable. It's okay to use this dish soap that contain, contains, you know, triclosacline, whatever it is that's antimicrobial, but it could cause different things, or these chemicals in our toothpaste, or how we're using all these dyes and detergents that could, you know, cause endocrine disruption and the chemicals and parabens. It just keeps on going. We were kind of like born into the society where these chemicals are okay, and more and more we're starting to uncover, like, hey, we're just... We're living in this chemical-infested world that's literally deteriorating our health. Mm -hmm. It's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. We're just like, I feel like we're just scratching the surface and uncovering it episode by episode. Yeah, and that's kind of cool because we're living in just a world full of science because we release uh, one thing. We run a few experiments. We release a drug to the public, see what happens, but we never understand fully the long-term effects. We can never really predict the long-term effects of certain exposure to certain toxins, certain medications, even medications that are beneficial. A medication that could be beneficial for 30 years of life might be detrimental for you 40, 50 years of your life. We just don't have that kind of research on everything. It would be nice if we had it, but we don't, especially with medication and drugs, because medication and drugs, they just became popular for, you know, for a few centuries. Yeah. For example, one of my patients were taking a rheumatoid drug, and now that drug is paired up with folic acid because mm-hmm. they notice there's a folic acid deficiency when you take that rheumatoid arthritis drug. Mm-hmm. So things just keep on getting better. But we just have to keep finding that 
that balance. Yeah. So you're trying to experiment. It is. It is. And that's why, like, it's better to just keep on being as natural as possible when it comes to the products used for your hair, for your face, the lotions, the makeup. The the le- less is more. Because I feel like we expose our body to so much. And it's constantly trying to adapt back into homeostasis. It's always trying to fight homeostasis. Whether it's even taking caffeine, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. Our body's always fighting back to equilibrium. And it's causing all, maybe all this autoimmune disease. We don't know. But I'm only speculating that I think the simpler and cleaner we live, the easier it will be for us. Because mm. that's the most basic. It is. You know, it's easier to get tomatoes from actual tomato compared to trying to get a daily value of tomatoes from a salad. You just, you just go on basically ha- from the source, right? yes, as you, yes. as you would Sus- say. It. And sustain it from the source, mm-hmm. yeah. And the last form of sunscreen that we talked about here is titanium oxide and zinc oxide. That's one that I think we have at home that our buddy bought. So this is a different type of sunscreen because it's not a UV blocker. It's actually a mineral. So this zinc and titanium are nanoparticles that are applied to your skin and it produces this sunscreen uh, protection. So the FDA is saying that it's safe, but they're proposing things that it's potentially a carcinogenic when it's getting inhaled. So for that to be, uh, don't buy sunscreen if it contains titanium zinc oxide when it comes to spray. Of course. Yeah. And even I would say even avoid it if it's in your sunscreen you use as like the paste one. Because it's still going to cause like a reaction. Like you're going to be sweating. You're going to have moisture. And it's going to get in your nostrils at some point. So you're in risk of inhaling it that way too. And then you're even in risk of consuming it if you think about it. Because there's, you know, you're having fun, you know, touching bodies, you know, you're going to have some kind of particles come in your mouth most likely. Yeah. And most research is speculating that these nanoparticles don't cross into our skin, but we don't know on its effects because it's a nanoparticle. Yeah. We have to get to the technology of testing nanoparticles. We just have, we just produce them. Yeah. So what if these nanoparticles are like being absorbed into the skin and causing harm, like in our visceral fat and organs? We don't know. Because they're so small, we can't, we can't label them. It's a nanoparticle. We yeah, we can't figure out. Some of the, some of the particles that, that we deal with, they're big enough for us to kind of locate and follow like a GPS system. These are so small that we're not able to do that. Yeah. Once once you locate it and find it, I don't even know if they ever mapped one out before, but just so minute. And just to give you guys a perspective on how important this is and why maybe you should consider not using it is like, I used to watch the History Channel. There was a great emperor that th- those scientists figured out in that time in that China era that eating mercury daily is going to make him live forever. Mm. So that emperor kept on eating daily mercury and eventually it poisoned him to the body where he couldn't make decisions for the kingdom. That's crazy. And, you know, someone had to take over. And that was the science back then. Yeah. So we think it's a good idea that we're putting nanoparticles on our skin. Maybe we'll find out it's bad. Yeah, even lead and mercury. My parents said they used to play mercury in school, like for fun. Oh, yeah. Remember? There used to be a thermometers. Now they have something else. But there are still mercury thermometers. But in school, years ago, you're able to mesh out mercury because it's very, it's, very, it's like almost Play-Doh, but... Even more They're playing with it in school in Poland. Wow. I'm sure your parents played with it too before. I'm sure I should ask them. And then same with lead. Lead they used to put in in houses. And it turns out that, hey, you know, this lead leaks into the water. You you got a bad case of lead poisoning and you're going to die. Even the tiles when um, 
my buddy was doing flooring the tiles when it uh, contains asbestos asbestos yeah yeah those that company cannot remove that it has to be specially removed with yeah. like n95s or whatever non-rebreathers because it creates cancer in the lungs it's, it's i think it's mesothelioma yep yeah, yeah i see all those commercials on yeah, TV. yeah that dude, literally i had that commercial playing in my mind right, right. now and it, it tells you they had this in people's houses landing in houses this is what we mean by long-term effects we don't know his long-term effects until it hits that that year because we don't live forever. We live an ample time. So if I want to see how something degrades 50 years, I'm probably not going to see it if I start now, right? Compared to something that's going to degrade over a year, you're able to better assess that. And, and that's what we need in America. We need a stronger regulation on all these things. The FDA, or just don't use them. Or, or yeah, or out, don't use them. Yeah. Figure out how to live as as healthy as possible. I understand there's people that have autoimmune dis- you know, diseases and you know, they need to take their seizure medications. Yeah. I understand those things. But if you could live as simply as possible and less more freeing, connected to the source, like I always say, do it. It's going to benefit you. Yeah. We're not saying there's always a workaround over pharmacology and, and modern science. You know, we're not saying that there's always a workaround like that, but there is a lot of them. And you should try to stay as, as basic, as healthy as possible. Yeah, and that's the whole point on Frontline Warriors is we're trying to expand consciousness and tap people into living that more healthier life by just living it, by living more simpler. Mm. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We had another awesome episode for you guys. We talked about a Google-powered AI, AI system that is able to, to recognize certain skin issues, certain cancers, and we also talked about toxic chemicals in our sunscreen and in certain products that we use daily. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, cupofnurses.com and we are Flying Warriors for any information. Peace. Peace out.